which I asked you what the host of this party was going to be serving up today. What's the drink of choice tonight? Well, you know, I, I'm not promoting it, but I like some old cold beer. I think I'm going to have one. I'm not promoting it now. Well, folks, Sam Pittman had plenty of cold beer after the victory over Cincinnati on Saturday, but we are moving on to South Carolina. Going to give a little preview of the Gamecocks, give you an injury update on some of the key players for Arkansas, and also look around the SEC and give my SEC power rankings here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Folks, Arkansas will be facing off against South Carolina this upcoming Saturday in what will be Arkansas and South Carolina's first SEC game of the year. Now, I know that there are a lot of questions still after Cincinnati. And honestly, there's going to continue to be questions about those things all week long because it's not like any of them are going to get answered at this point in time. But there are certain, certainly a few things that uh, you can look at from the Gamecocks and look at their game uh, from against Georgia State in which they won. Uh, they had some struggles there too. You know that they got a new quarterback. Like There's some things that you can look at from their perspective and say, all right, well, how does Arkansas match up? Well, Sam Pittman had this to say as far as his overall viewpoint in his opening statement from his press conference yesterday about South Carolina. Well, um, South Carolina has a really good team, a hard playing team, really good in all three phases. Um, Coach Beaver's done an excellent job there and, and uh, they're playing with a lot of passion. And so we're excited that it's home. I think uh, our crowd has proven that, we have a home, a good home field advantage. Uh, we need them here. Um, 11 o'clock game. Uh, I know a year ago we went to Georgia and it was one of the loudest places I'd ever been in. And, and uh, certainly their players had a lot to do with the success they had that day, but the crowd did as well. It bothered us. And uh, certainly hope that we can get that same Saturday, next Saturday that we had um, the first game of the year. So, uh. so obviously Sam Pittman's making a call to action for the Razorback fans to show up on Saturday against South Carolina, because let's be honest, uh, that's uh, it's a huge swing of momentum and a huge game changer. Whenever you're able to have uh, certain players go out there and perform well with a great energy and a great atmosphere. And here's the thing. I think Razorback fans will show up. Like they showed up greatly against Cincinnati. It's going to be hot as balls on Saturday too. And since it's at 11 a.m., there's no hiding from the sun. So I'm really hopeful that Razorback fans will continue to show up, which they will. Let's be honest. They will. Uh, it's just going to be miserable from that angle. Like it's, I think the high is 86 degrees and there's not going to be a cloud in the sky at this point in time. So for those of you making the trip, bring sunscreen, bring sunglasses, bring hats, bring whatever it need. you need to keep cool because it is going to be a warm one. But the atmosphere is going to matter in this game. Arkansas is a better team than South Carolina. I don't think anybody is going to be looking at that uh, from any different angle. Arkansas is an eight-and-a-half-point favorite at this point in time against the Gamecocks. And honestly, I feel like that's about right. Uh, I would look for it to continue to race, because I think it actually opened at seven-and-a-half, maybe eight. I think it's been moving up. So 
you know, the, the Arkansas is a team that's the favorite in this game. They rightfully should be. And honestly, I felt like Cincinnati, as I mentioned in yesterday's podcast, was probably going to be one of the best teams Arkansas faces. And as they go up against South Carolina, not not disrespecting them, not taking it for granted, not overlooking them, anything like that. So don't get it twisted. But I just believe that Arkansas is going to be facing a not as good team as what they just faced in Cincinnati. So maybe a little bit of a step down in competition, which is great. And that's that's what you would feel good about with Arkansas and the improvement from week one to week two that they can have. And I'm sure South Carolina is going to think the same thing from week one to week two and trying to uh, improve as well. But just to give a little background on South Carolina, you know, they played Georgia State last week and they won 35 to 14. But honestly, it wasn't that close of a game uh, or it was closer than what the, the original final score was. South Carolina was up 12 to seven at halftime in this game. And then uh, they had two block punts in this one. And the special teams really made a difference. And uh, they went for a two-point conversion in the very first touchdown of the play. It didn't work out for them. But either way, it was just kind of an ugly game from South Carolina. They pulled away at the end. They pulled away in the second half. But it, it definitely wasn't a uh, a game that everybody should have been really excited about South Carolina uh, and feeling good about their chances after winning. Because, you know, it comes down to Spencer Rattler. He threw two interceptions in the game against Georgia State. He went 23 of 37 for 227 yards. Did have a touchdown. Uh, but through two interceptions, his QBR was sitting at 28.6. Okay, so to put that in perspective, he had a lower QBR than the Georgia State quarterback who went 7 of 29. Uh, so wasn't a good day for, for uh, Spencer Rattler. Uh, the rushing attack for South Carolina was abysmal. Uh, they, were, they rushed 32 times for 79 yards, which is 2.5 yards a carry. Uh, like I said, they did have some success through the air eventually, throwing for 226, uh, 227 yards passing. But overall, I just was not impressed by South Carolina whatsoever. And I'm, I'm saying this from my perspective. Like, you know, you want Sam Pittman to respect him. You want the team to respect him. I don't have to give them that respect. I don't have to give them uh, that 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 uh, feeling or at least that uh, approval of me and whether or not this should be a, a really good team or not. I think that there are, again, issues that you can have from Arkansas, like the cornerback position. Can they step up? Can they be better than what we saw? This past week, can they uh, fi figure out who's going to be a little bit more consistent in that position? Can they get some more pressure on the quarterback and, and Spencer Rattler? Because honestly, that's going to be one of the biggest keys to this game is can Arkansas make Spencer Rattler feel uncomfortable? Because he's really good at throwing on the run. Like he's really good with being mobile. And that's something I'm sure Barry Odom is going to have to install and going to have to look at and going to have to make sure that uh, they, they keep him in line and keep him in check. But overall, I just think that that's, that's something that Arkansas is capable of. And if they can get pressure on Spencer Rattler, which they got a little bit of pressure last week, but if they can find some ways to get consistent pressure on Spencer Rattler, that's that's I gonna I think that South Carolina is done. Like, they're only going to go so far as Spencer Rattler can take them. They're not going to block two punts and one of them be for a touchdown against Arkansas this weekend. Like, they're just not going to do that. Uh, they're not going to have those huge major swings of momentum. It's just not going to happen that way. And I think that... Uh, considering how poor South Carolina is at running the ball, they're going to have to rely on Spencer Rattler. And Arkansas actually did a pretty good job of stopping the run. So I think that they can really throw a lot more things into the uh, the passing game on the, on the defensive side of the ball and try to slow them down as well. Uh, and the thing is about South Carolina's defense when, he's, when it's going up against Arkansas's offense, um, I, I was looking at the statistics there. And again, we're just going off of what the body of work that we actually have, which was the game against Georgia State. Uh, South Carolina 
didn't uh, like Arkansas gave up 438 yards, which was a lot, a ton, way too many. But South Carolina gave up 311. Okay, that's fine. But here's the thing: they gave up 111 passing yards. They gave up 200 yards rushing to Georgia State. So I look at that. I'm like, okay, I think Arkansas can have a lot of success in the running game against South Carolina. I think that uh, South Carolina is not going to be as physical on the uh, defensive front as maybe what they went up against Cincinnati. I think uh, establishing the run and getting the guys involved like Rocket and like A.J. Green and like Rashad Dabinian, those guys will be able to, you know, take it forward. And, and of course, K.J. helping out, too, in the rush game. Like, that could be the bread and butter. That could be the game that really just separates yourself from, from South Carolina because I'm not – I'm not overly concerned with South Carolina's offense. And people are like, well, the cornerbacks are going to get burned by Spencer Rattler. Okay, well, I, I don't think that it's going to be like, like, here's the thing. People said this last year when there were guys getting burned, whether it's Hudson Clark or whoever. But here's my thing. Everyone's like, oh, they got gas. They got burned, blah, 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 blah. I'm talking about last year. I'm like, okay, so if it was that bad, don't you think that other opposing coaches would say, wow, these guys, these cornerbacks for Arkansas suck. They get burned all the time. So let's just go deep on them every single time and burn them at, at, all, at, all, at all costs. Like, that's what coaches would do if it was as bad as what some of you try to make it out to be. Now, it's not great. It is concerning. But I just think it's a little over the top when you just assume that, oh, Spencer Rattler's going to burn us from, from limb to limb. He's just going to be killing us. I don't, I don't know about all that. I think it'll improve. I think it'll get better, and I think that they're, that Barry Odom is a good defensive coach. He's going to put together some schemes and things to help out the cornerbacks if they're having those struggles. Maybe a little bit more safety help, which we'll talk about some injury updates to some key Razorbacks here in just a little bit. Uh, but that that's going to be the key. Can you slow down Spencer Rattler? Can you can, can you keep him from throwing deep bombs? Can you keep from getting burned? And uh, can you put some pressure on him? Because I think if you do that, Arkansas will win this game. I think Arkansas's offense is going to do just fine against South Carolina. I think they're going to run the ball effectively. And let's be honest, KJ is a much better quarterback than what they ended up seeing against Georgia State, too. So the games being at home also helps. I know 11 a.m. games have not been ideal for Arkansas uh, under Sam Pittman just here recently, but I think it'll change here, and I think it'll do uh, a lot better. So I like Arkansas's chances. I like the setup. I like where they're at, but we'll know more about it as, uh, as time goes on, as this week goes on as we continue to uh, do our previews there as well. But I want to let everybody know that this episode of the Locked on Razorbacks podcast is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up college football this season. Emphasis on easy to get started and easy to play while you watch your favorite team play. Here's the thing. It's easy to play. You can win cold, hard cash in a single game. Underdog has investment backing from Mark Cuban, Kevin Durant, and Adam Schefter, and more. So if you're looking for some sort of endorsement besides yours truly, what could be better than that? And also, they have been focused on building superior products for a much more fun user experience. So here's what you need to do. Sign up with the promo code Locked On, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to a $100. That's right. Deposit $100, and you get an additional $100 for free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy. Use promo code Locked On. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so a, a very 
big deal that we have to talk about also in this show, because, again, we get to hear from Sam Pittman on a few things yesterday. Uh, another big one is, of course, uh, the, the situation with injuries, particularly to Jalen Catalan and Miles Slusher. Isaiah Nichols was, was banged up a little bit, too. So, uh, you know, that's a big factor. But Sam Pittman was asked about those key injuries and gave this short but simple update to what those guys are looking at right now with Jalen Catalan, Miles Slusher, and Isaiah Nichols. Well, um, we're not ready really to figure out exactly Catalan's situation. Um, we haven't, let's say that, I guess. Um, Slusher's in the same boat there. And uh, I think Nichols will be fine. Okay. So there you have it. Catalan, we're not sure. Slusher, we're not sure. But Isaiah Nichols will be fine. So that that's not something that I wanted to hear or any of us wanted to hear in the press conference. Because now we're kind of in limbo. Like, all right, well, we don't know anything additional. Could they play this weekend? Could they play next weekend? Are they out for the season? Like, it's just kind of up in limbo right now, which I'm not saying Sam Pittman owes us an answer or anything, but it is uh, something that's a little bit, like, alarming, where you're like, okay, um, kind of want to know more, but I guess that's all we're going to get this week. So don't don't know any specifics or anything like that. But I will say that I, I'm not going to try to say I have inside knowledge or anything like that. I'm just going off of what I've been hearing and, and, and everything. First off, I don't think either injury is season ending, like just from what I've been told and what I understand. Uh, I think that both of them will be able to play this year, but I'd be shocked if both of them played this weekend. Uh, I don't think either of them will, and which is huge. I mean, that's that's big time, but I think that they're going to have to rely on some other guys to step up in their role. But I think both of them are going to be okay by the time the here in the next few weeks, hopefully. So I'm not a doctor. Again, I have no like inside knowledge as far as like confirmed or anything like that. I'm just basing it off of what I've been hearing. And it is kind of interesting, too, because I tried to look back on other injuries that Arkansas had had in a game, whether it was uh, Catalan last year or whether it was, you know, whoever. And at Monday press conference, Sam Pittman was always pretty forthcoming. And uh, what was uh, what was being talked about? It, it was always. Uh, kind of about, you know, all right, well, this is who we're looking at. This is what their situation is. This is how injured they are. This is how long they're out. Like, it seemed to be pretty confirmed, but for some, whatever reason, this one was not. And so I'm just wondering, is there some sort of thing maybe that's a good sign that they don't know? Is it a good sign that they're not at this point in time that uh, they have a for sure answer on? I guess time will tell. But I, I will say this as well, because the, the question has to be asked. If it's serious with this injury to these two guys specifically, if it's serious, how big of an impact does this have on the team? How big of an impact does this have on the defense? And I don't think I am going over the top or, you know, being a little bit of a drama queen or exaggerating or however you want to look at it. When I say that if you have lost Jalen Catalan and or Miles Slusher for a significant period of time, that is a huge impact especially with Catalan preseason all-american all-american caliber safety a guy that is pivotal to the success of this defense if you've lost him for an extended period of time it's going to be tough it's going to be tough to be able to be that defense that you need to be not to say the season's over and anything like that 
but I'm just being honest. It's going to have a astounding impact on this defense to where suddenly you're not going to feel as confident. You're not going to feel as good going forward and going up against some of these teams in the SEC without your main guy, Catalan. So everybody, you know, start hoping and praying that it's not too serious, that he's okay, that he'll be able to play this year, and that he'll be back before we know it, and he'll be at full go. Let's just hope that's the case because I don't want to think about what the Razorback defense would be without him. And even Miles Slusher, even though Catalan's the preseason All-American, like Miles Slusher at that nickel spot, it, I mean, that's important. There's a reason why he was the starter. There was a reason why everyone was so excited about him being moved to that position from safety and, you know, the type of impact that he's had in that role. The cornerbacks are already having a tough time. You don't need to have the nickel and your safety also be having tough times. Like, you just can't have it that way. So it's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. But I'm trying to be positive. I'm trying to look at it in, in, in a positive spin or a positive way and saying that, oh, okay, well, it's fine because, you know, if it was really bad or if it was season ending, Sam Pittman would have said it on Monday. But since he didn't and since they said they don't know, I'm trying to look at the glass half full. I'm trying to say that, hey, that's a good sign. They'll, they'll be back. Things will be fine. Maybe not this week, but they'll be back in time for some of the other major games going on this year in conference play. So that's the that's route I'm taking it. But as this point in time, we don't know anything certain about those two guys. But man, you got to get them back if you want to be able to have some big time uh, plays this year for the Razorbacks. I'm really excited about uh, this next uh, sponsor I want to tell you about uh, because it is Alumni Hall. And I'm a big person who's on apparel with Razorbacks, as you can see here on the YouTube video. I'm wearing some an awesome Razorback Hawaiian shirt that I got from Alumni House. So Razorback fans, make sure that you're game ready when you show you want to show your Arkansas pride. Alumni Hall is your ultimate shopping experience. The best and largest selection of apparel for the whole family. Nike, Nike Golf, Champion, Columbia, an amazing college vault of vintage and throwback logos, plus gifts, accessories, and all of your tailgating necessities. Razorback students, faculty, and military receive a 10% off in-store discount and you can earn cash back with their hall pass rewards alumni hall you can shop their store in fayetteville on college avenue or anytime at alumnihall.com. it's where razorback fans want to shop so make sure that your tailgate is ready because they have the best and largest selection of arkansas apparel tailgate gear all those things you get two for 38 dollars. mix and match of champion comfort colors and all sorts of shirts that you can check out sideline apparel and coaches polos people always ask about where eric musselman gets his polos so all of them are over at Alumni Hall. You need to check those out from that. They have a hat wall as well. Big and tall is also available. And they also have an NIL custom shop. Now, this is online only. But if you have a favorite football player, you can visit the NIL custom shop where you can pick a shirt or sweatshirt, pick a player and their number, make your design, and wear your custom apparel with pride. You can do this for other sports as well. Just upload your favorite photo and what it says on the front and back with a lot of different options at Alumni Hall. Customshop.com slash collection slash Arkansas dash Razorbacks. You can sign up for every $150 you spend. You get $10 back on your next visit. So make sure that you are game day ready. Visit the store in Fayetteville on College Avenue or online at alumnihall.com. Alumni Hall, where Razorback fans shop. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Okay, so final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, getting into our SEC power rankings, which I know is always fun to talk about. And uh, so many people know and so many people care about what I have to say. But I think I got a pretty good mix after seeing the SEC games from over the weekend. Uh, I have a pretty good idea of what it all is looking like right now. So here's here's my power rankings uh, for the SEC. And I'll, I'll start from the very bottom and go and work my way up. Number 14 is Vanderbilt. I know that they're 2-0, and but the two teams they beat were trash. And they barely beat Elon. So as of right now, I still think they're the worst team in the SEC. So I want to have them at 14. Number 13, I have uh, Missouri. Uh, because again, they, they haven't beaten anybody of note. Like Louisiana tech was just one of the worst teams ever. And so I, I still don't have much confidence in them. I actually have South Carolina at number 12. Now, some of you may get mad at me for this or think that they're a little too, uh, too low, but it's like, they didn't look good against Georgia state. Uh, they were a six and 16 caliber going into this season. Spencer Rattler didn't look great through two picks. Like they just didn't look good against an opponent like Georgia State. So it's it's just there's all these these bottom three teams are just staying there just because they didn't do anything to move up. But I do have LSU at number 11. That was atrocious. And they got some serious issues. Like, I don't know. Like it, it could go. It could get really bad and turn sour really quick for the Tigers. Like it, it's 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 teetering already. And I know that they got a long schedule in front of them. But if things don't dr dramatically improve on their front. Uh, you could be looking at a pretty uh, pretty nasty situation there. Auburn, I have at number ten. I still think that uh, they're a they're a good team, like not great team, but a good team. Um, you know, I, at least the talent and calibers and all that stuff. We don't know exactly how Brian Harson's going to handle it, but uh, they they they're fine. They look all right so far because they beat I think it was Mercer, but they did celebrate a little too much after that game. Thought that was weird. Okay, whatever. But uh, yeah, so I, I have them at number ten. Ole Miss, I have at number nine because they also did not look impressive against Troy. You know, for the offensive guru and everybody just, you know, going off and how awesome it is. Uh, Ole Miss, man, they got all these transfers. Find me one USC transfer that's coming to the SEC that was worth a flip. You know, Ricky Town, anybody? Come on. I'm not I'm not believing in them just yet. AM didn't look great either. I got them at eight. Uh, I know that they had some weather issues uh, in their game, but they didn't look great. They shut them out 31 nothing. but I don't know. There was just still some things where I'm like, okay, we'll see. We'll see. Kentucky, I got at number seven. Uh, you know, they haven't really changed much there, but they look fine in their opening game. Tennessee at number six, a lot of scoring. I, I still might be a little bit higher on Tennessee than some are, but uh, they looked really good to me in their first game offensively. We'll see if it actually translates when they play a quality team. Mississippi State trounced Memphis, uh, was impressed by them, knew that they were going to do that, knew that they were going to be a good team this year. So I got them at five. Four, I have Florida because that game against Utah was huge. That was a huge win for them. And they looked really good doing it. They have talent there. I'm a big fan of Billy Napier. So I think that uh, that that's something that could really take them into uh, a stratosphere of confidence. Number three, I have Arkansas. I have the Razorbacks. They look good against Cincinnati. Uh, I know some people still say that they look bad. That's fine. You can say whatever you want. But I just think overall as a team, when you beat a top 25 team at home and you make plays and you make your offense looks good, you get 100 yards rusher, you have a quarterback that scores four touchdowns. Like, it looks good to me. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, – that being a positive for them. So I have them at number three. Number two, I have Georgia because they just absolutely obliterated Oregon. And they still look just as good as what they did last year. Kind of scary, but it, they may even be better. Who knows? But still, they're 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 looking pretty strong. And then Alabama, of course, number one because they're Alabama. And, they're, of course, they're number one. So it's as simple as that. But there you have it. There's my SEC power rankings. Uh, I like what they I like where everybody's at right now. And it's a tough conference. And there's no doubt that the SEC 
it's still the best conference in all of college football. So uh, nothing's changing there, and I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. Appreciate everybody listening in to Locked On Razor Rex podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.